Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, we report from the Natural Beauty Show and Borås Textile Days. We have been making the rounds at the industry gatherings in Sweden this past week, and we will share our insights from these events. From Borås, we'll share our thoughts on the need for collaboration in the fashion industry and how the industry organizations are working together, perhaps better than ever. And from the Natural Beauty Show in Malmö, we'll also hear from some of the participating experts, including Nina Drake of Hagelrum, CEO and co-founder Make Notion, Olga Ringqvist, co-founder of Uqvist Cosmetics, and Povilas Sugintas, senior consultant, beauty and fashion of Eurimonitor International. My name is Conrad Olsson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleague, our senior editor, Johan Magnusson. How are you, Johan? Uh, good. It's uh, quite a hectic week, uh, which we will um, share in this episode. No, for sure. There are events happening both uh, from our own repertoire and also from uh, uh, the, the the wider industry. And, and apart from these kind of uh, shows and industry conferences, there's, of course, also various dinners and launches and things that you really have to uh, uh, try hard to make your calendar work these days. Um, we should mention that we, we record this on, on Thursday uh, morning. It's the, the morning after our second Beauty Innovation Talks in Stockholm. Maybe we should mention that. We'll, of course, get back to that in future episodes. But what what were your impressions from, from yesterday's talks on science-backed beauty and the microbiome? That... Uh... This industry really likes to like to meet each other and uh, get provided with insights, but also networking. So I think already now we have a, a co- complete concept, so to say, with that kind of mix uh, that you get smarter and get to new people, meet new people. No, for sure. And I really think our concept of having both an hour of insights and talks and an hour of networking is the way to go because people really appreciate the, the networking working session and it all, all kind of makes the the content that we provide on stage also as almost like a, just a starting point for for the conversations um, but of course uh, lots of great insights on that keep posted in this uh, channel uh, follow our feed follow our newsletters uh, to stay updated on this content I think it's worth mentioning also we are now two weeks out, less than two weeks out of our second virtual creativity live event at the Lincoln Co. showroom in Stockholm. So it's Wednesday, the December 6th. Uh, we have virtual creativity live this time with designer Gustav Vinst. He's an interior designer who really works kind of cross-platform with the help of VR and, and 3D tools. Very innovative uh, character. It's going to be really fun talking to him uh, on that live podcast uh, recording. All right. So before we get into uh, the bulk of this episode, it's going to be your reporting from the Natural Beauty Show in Malmö, Johan, and we'll hear from the interviews from there. But I thought it would t- take a, a moment just to share some observations from uh, Borås uh, Textile Days. I also had a, 
a longer column on this uh, in my observations newsletter and my kind of weekly editor's uh, new, uh, letter uh, observations you can read online, Scandinavian Mind. Johan, have you ever been to Borås Textile Days? You, you know about this event, right? Yeah, definitely. I think they're doing a lot of good things. Unfortunately, I was busy in Malmö, so I couldn't be at two places simultaneously, but uh, I, was, I, was really, I really wanted to go. Uh, what, were, what were your impressions? Well, I'm gonna get. I participated in a workshop that I'll, I'll talk more about in a second. But uh, you know, Burroughs Textile uh, Days. It's really interesting gathering of all the organizations that are in the the old textile mecca of Sweden, Burroughs. Uh, they have a series of, of, of like a group of of organizations, including Marketplace Burroughs, Science Park Burroughs, Smart Textiles. And of course, the Swedish School of, of Textiles, which uh, you know is the you know one of the leading uh, fashion schools uh, in the world. Actually, I think they're on the eighth place. I don't know how you mentioned uh, how you measure that, but but they were very proud of the fact that they were the eighth eighth most uh, prominent textile or fashion school in the world. So it's really uh, an, an important epicenter of. I would say the whole Nordic uh, fashion and textile scene happening in Borås, and every day they do this kind of uh, their own their own little uh, conference, their own little fashion week. They call it Borås uh, uh, Textile Days with a bunch of events, gatherings. Of course, the gala uh, um, event, you know, where they uh, deliver the uh, Fabric of Life awards as well. I'll get back to that. Yeah, and the, also the fact that they're one of the leading places in Europe for uh, textile innovation because they work so much with uh, EU oriented projects they are hired as uh, or uh, they get contacted uh, by the EU uh, to be be experts uh, when it comes to textile innovation but you need it's like Finland you need to go there to see it with your own eyes you know Uh, then you get a complete uh, different uh, impression yeah, that's actually true, and and the fact that you know they've kind of crammed all these organizations and all this activity into one big building. I, I'm sure it's several buildings, but you get into the textile fashion center, you have this, you know, this machinery, this really this textile. You have the knitting uh, room, you have the schools there, you have all these organizations. It's really vibrant, and I'm sure it's it's uh, uh, you know much more vibrant during the the textile days. Uh, than any other uh, part of, of the week. Uh, so, but I kind of made, I just wanted to iterate the reflection I had in my editor's letter this week. And I, I took, uh, I participated in a workshop hosted by Marketplace Borås and the Swedish Fashion Council uh, on the, the concept of collaboration in the industry. So it was hosted or led by Philip Barkander, uh, he's a senior lecturer there in Borås. Uh, we all know uh, Philip from from our feeds. He's been on the podcast b- before, and I thought this was a really interesting gathering uh, because traditionally the Swedish fashion system has been kind of broken up. Uh, as I mentioned in um, my column, I mean there was a time when there was quite a lot of discord between the different organizations, and uh, you know we we don't want to get into all the the, the 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 bickering and all the things that happened in the past. But 
there was this definitely been uh, some discord between the, the Swedish Fashion Council and the Association of Swedish Fashion Brands, two kind of competing organizations. We have Stockholm Fashion District in Nakastan, which we are collaborators with uh, on our transformation conference. And then we have all the organizations in Borås. And for, for anyone observing the Swedish fashion system from kind of uh, from from outside looking in, I, I do believe it's it's still quite hard to understand how these organizations work together. And what I found so interesting about this event in Borås last week was you had all the leading representatives from these organizations present in the same room talking about the concept of collaboration. I have not in my, you know, 15 years, 15, sorry, almost 20 years working in this industry, felt a unity of this kind before and i've never heard that this you know these are subtle uh, uh subtle kind of attitudes that you, you you feel but you really get the sense that you know the leader of the swedish fashion council jenny rosen and and the leader of association of fashion brands uh, john jamal uh, they are speaking very highly of each other they are recommending each other they are kind of working uh, together and and we also have of course Helena Vake, which is the CEO of Stockholm Fashion District. This I I, I just felt like I had to put this out there and it, it made me really hopeful for once. Uh, um, thinking about the kind of Swedish fashion system. Just imagine the capacity uh, that they all have together if they are able to work together. Just look at yes. Copenhagen when all the industry actors are working against the same uh, target. And now it's a leading fashion week in the northern Europe. Yeah, I think, and I think that's you know obviously that's kind of the result of the kind of conflicts in Stockholm. You know, the Stockholm Fashion Week really deteriorated. Uh, Jenny Rosen famously, uh, you know, cancelled the Fashion Week when she was a, a part of it, and and then John Jamal uh, kind of took it over. And I, I know he's got some exciting plans of how to kind of revive it from. Uh, uh, you know, a, a Swedish uh, perspective on innovation and so forth. I'm going to let him uh, present that when 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 time comes. Obviously, the the Nordic fashion with this fashion week of Scandinavia has been consolidated to Copenhagen. I kind of feel that's a good thing. I think for international buyers and and for international representatives coming to Scandinavia, it's probably easier to go to one fashion week and then go to two fashion weeks. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of this, uh, I would say, newly found sense of collaboration, because there is issues ahead. We have the whole you know, tsunami of legislation coming from the EU. We have the sustainability debate. We have uh, this huge need for transformation, which we have been talking about you know, in our conferences. And of course, we want to see ourselves as a player in this as well. And just uh, uh, it's going to be really interesting to, to see how this plays out. And if there is a new type of platform that can come out of it, where all these organizations kind of work together towards a, a similar or, or same goal. Uh, very interesting to see. Definitely. And just like to thank, give, give a huge shout out and thank uh, Pierre Rosengren from Marketplace Bureaus for organizing uh, that workshop uh, and all the other um, organizations doing things during the Bureaus Textile Days. I had a, had a great time visiting the Fabric of Life Awards uh, later in the evening as well. Of course, our 
uh, friend Ellen Hudakova. She's been on our on our feeds and in our uh, events previously. She was the winner, uh, which we have reported on. But I also had a chance to to meet with both Selam Fesahaya and Louise Chin, which were uh, previous winners. Um, it really shows that there are so much talent working on on new sustainable approaches towards fashion. So that also made me really hopeful. All right, moving on in our journey throughout Sweden, we go way down south to Malmö and the natural beauty show. Uh, Johan, you're going to have to explain what is this event. It's the leading uh, trade fair business event for sustainability in the Nordics. They've been around for a bunch of years. Uh, this was my second consecutive year there. It's uh, mm. the, the entire fair is called the Eco Living Scandinavia. And I spent the full day at the, the part of Eco Living Scandinavia that uh, presents uh, beauty and skincare and personal care brands called Natural Beauty Show. Next year, they will move to Stockholm, so closer to us and uh, 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 yeah, closer for um, many more people. It's, it's a very, very popular show. It's not so well known, but it, it was crowded. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. And of course, I don't have to mention the it's, it's of course, very, very timingly to have such a fair. Uh, in these days right. uh, and uh, also a great opportunity for other countries to to gather a few of their uh, so-called sustainable uh, uh, suppliers and uh, have their own pavilions at the fair to show what a sustainable country you are in uh, yeah, Greece or Norway or Denmark or also Sweden. Give a sense of the participants, both the exhibitors and the visitors. Are we talking, uh, you mentioned suppliers. Are, are we talking suppliers and brands? Are we also talking uh, uh, buyers from leading retailers? What, what's the makeup of this event? It's a professional event, so only the industry, but a wide range of industry players. Of course, a lot of buyers uh, and um, uh, distributors and agents uh, and also media uh, and um it's a, it's a great uh, place for networking because it gathers all the important sustainability organizations for, say, food or uh, beauty or, yeah, in one place. So the, the list of uh, panels and the keynotes on stage were, it was super impressive. Including my own name. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Let's let's not forget you were on stage uh, in one of the panels. What did you talk about? It was a beauty editor's insights. So we, me and my two colleagues, Nina from Denmark and Agneta from Sweden, we shared our insights on microtrends, macrotrends and favorite products at the fair and yeah, where the industry, the beauty industry is heading. Got it. I'm sure followers of the Beauty Innovation Newsletter uh, would recognize uh, as your insights shared there on stage. Uh, we will not miss the opportunity to plug our own newsletter. All right, let's get into some of uh, the the people that you've met, starting with Nina Drake of Hagelsrum, CEO and co-founder of Make Notion. Why did you decide to to talk to Nina here? We met before and. Um... The startup is a software uh, helping brands with the, to handle information, data, and transparency. If you're a new brand or an established brand, uh, it takes a lot of time. 
and the resources uh, to to handle that kind of um, work tasks. So make make Notion aims to be a helping hand for new and more established uh, beauty brands. All right, let's hear it. Here's Nina Drake of Hagelström, CEO and co-founder of Make Notion. So Make Notion is a software uh, that is uh, directly towards uh, makeup or cosmetic uh, companies uh, to help them with the administration, with the sales-related administration, but also with compliance and regulatory matters. Why is this so relevant for the brands that you're aiming uh, to reach? Well, I think that many cosmetic companies today are entrepreneurs that really want to sell a great product. But with all the legislations and regulations around these products, uh, many companies struggle with knowing exactly what to label the products with, what to ask for uh, from the manufacturers, etc. But also many retailers today are demanding more and more information because they also have a responsibility. So I want to enable every cosmetic company, even if they are really small or really big, to have uh, the same um, the same um, opportunity opportunity <laughs> uh, to uh, to launch their product in a safe and uh, regulatory okay way. <laughs> it's uh, quite good timing. The end consumer is uh, looking for more transparency, and we have the coming e-regulation. So it's not a coincidence that you're just about to launch, right? No, exactly. We really want to help companies with this as well. Uh, Digital product passports, we know, are in the pipeline in the EU. And uh, it's all about sharing information and sharing the correct information. And today in the value chain, I know there's a lot of information and documentation needed for each step, but they sometimes get lost (laughs) in the information sharing process. So we want to uh, enable companies to have the correct documentation, the correct information and to easily and without sharing any confidential information or any like um, uh, confidential affairs, we want them to be able to uh, share the correct information to basically the end consumer in the end. Can you tell us more about how the actual software works? Uh, well, it's uh, about to launch in next year, so we're not fully developed yet. But uh, some f- uh, functions it will have is uh, both with the sales-related um, uh, uh, information sharing, so all the basic master data of the product we will automize so the retailers get it correctly and without any human mistakes uh, but we will also uh, connect the software to uh, a database with ingredients for example so that everyone in the value chain can be updated on uh, how wh- which ingredients are not okay which are under investigation of the EU etc uh, but also we will uh, regulate and optimize some claims, some marketing claims, uh, and um, allow uh, the companies to see exactly what information and what documentation they need to support that claims. 
You haven't even launched, but you've still you've already signed clients, right? So there is a need for this. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So we have three pilot clients in this, and they signed yes on the concept basically. And I've seen like with everyone I talk to, I see a need about this, but they also don't want yet another system. So my uh, my main goal is to make this as efficient as possible for them uh, to not only uh, be compliant and follow the regulations but also to increase sales and get products to the market faster and better, <laughs> basically. So yes, I'm excited for this. All right, that was Nina Drake of Hagelsrum from Make Notion. Johan, next up is Olga Ringqvist, co-founder of Ukvist Cosmetics. I actually shook hands with Olga uh, last night uh, or last uh, yesterday at our beauty innovation event. But but describe who who Olga is and why we why we talking to her. Natural Beauty Show is great because, uh, as mentioned, it's a wide range of exhibitors. Uh, you have uh, certifications there like um, Nature and uh, EcoCert. And you have uh, major brands, you had a Polish pavilion, but also a lot of startups and new entrepreneurs. And uh, Olga was one of them. We met several times. And the Ukvist, they provide uh, uh, waterless uh, beauty in the shape of uh, oils uh, for face and body. And the water scarcity, the lack of water, will become an increasing issue for the beauty industry to handle. So oil-based cosmetics, could and will uh, become a great um, alternative and it will become more and more uh, accurate for beauty brands to consider. Interesting. Yeah, we talked about water last night at the uh, uh, Beauty Innovation Talks as well. So we'll definitely get back to this topic. So let's hear it. Here's now Olga Rinkvist, co-founder of Ukvist Cosmetics at the Natural Beauty Show in Malmö. Uh, so Ocus Cosmetics is uh, waterless cosmetics without preservatives because not having water is like a preservative in itself um, and it's multifunctional so it's at least five in one in each product uh, and we store it in terracotta which is a very sustainable material and that you can create very beautiful forms with so it doesn't look like skincare it looks like pieces of art that we kind of call skin terrier so interior and skincare in one um, yeah you're one of the most ambitious skincare brands that we've covered from the Nordics in the last few years. What, what, what has it been like to, to implement waterless uh, skincare in Scandinavia? Well, it's a challenge, of course, because um, on average, a product contains 80% water if you look at like a standard skincare product. Uh, so if you take that away, um, you have to replace it with something else that usually is much more expensive than water because water is basically free. So the challenge is, of course, the pricing, uh, not towards the end consumer, because we want to have that quite affordable, but for us as producers who have to take the cut, right? So that plus our packaging, which is also more expensive than plastic, uh, creates very small margins to play with. So that's why you can't find us in big retailers that require like 80% discounts, but mainly like online or in smaller shops or spas or hotels. Is it difficult to educate the end consumer? Um, 
I would say it's not difficult once you caught their attention uh, because it, it is an interesting topic. It is growing um, and people understand, of course, it's not that complicated. But the problem is, of course, to get their attention first before and for quite a while because it takes some time to explain it as well. Has it been difficult for a new up-and-coming brand to establish in such a competitive market? Uh, well, for us, uh, it's been quite easy, to, to be fair, uh, and it has to do with the packaging because it looks, um, it's very Instagrammable, very TikTokable. Um, so that is what gets us to stand out and gets the attention of the customers, but also of the press and, you know, everyone else. Um, and once we've got that attention, it's easier, of course, to talk about the actual important thing, which is then the sustainability aspect and the health of the skin, which is the inside of the product. And we will definitely see more water alternatives in SCARE when we see increasing um, water scarcity and such, yeah. Uh, you've just launched a cleansing oil and we're now also looking at a more colorful uh, object. What can you say about it? Yes, so we're uh, experimenting with the colors but also with the shapes because again, we see it as a piece of art. So we kind of want to play around with the designs rather than with the formulas because we think the formulas are as they should be, we don't want to tweak them anymore, uh, but we play with the designs. And so one of the newcomers is the Elixir, which is um, for the face. It has six functions. It's the only product you need for the face. And it also will contain um, retinol for those who like a little bit more efficient anti-age effect. And this particular one will come in an interesting color of two colors uh, mixed together, pink and baby blue. Uh, for the for the TikTok generation. <laughs>
uh, a sidebar, but I just wanted to get that in there. Definitely. All right, let's listen to your conversation with Povelas Sugintas, senior consultant, beauty and fashion from Euromonitor International. Yeah. Okay, so Euromonitor, uh, we are a British corporation uh, founded more than 50 years ago. And all these years ago, uh, for all these years, we've been helping our clients to make uh, decisions based on data and, uh, and, and facts rather than your intuition and, and, and your gut feeling. Uh, so it's, uh, we are a provider of strategic data and increasingly we're also offering tactical data because uh, there's really no such thing as a long term anymore. Uh, the, you know, decision cycles are getting shorter, so we are responding to that. So we're, uh, you know, innovating quite a lot uh, with, with new products, yeah, in the tactical area as well. And here at the fair, you just took the stage. What did you talk about? Yeah, so my, uh, the theme of, like, the title of my presentation was uh, Beauty Industry in uh, Ugly Economic Times. So what I tried to explore, and there's only so much exploring you can do in 20 minutes, is uh, we all know that things have not been exactly great, economically speaking, for the last uh, couple of years uh, with high inflation. And I was just really interested in how does that affect beauty, and specifically beauty uh, in the area of, you know, sustainable beauty, uh, products uh, that are organic. Uh, it's a challenge, but also an opportunity. So I was just trying to explore uh, that area myself. How can it become an opportunity to work more with organic and natural beauty? Well, I think uh, the one of the important uh, takeaways is that if we look at the data, the demand for uh, organic and natural products, it's not like still there, it's keeping, uh, well, it's going up still. So even in these uh, challenging economic times, uh, consumers are still, uh, I don't know if this is because of education, changing values, worldviews, there's a lot of uh, things you can only guess, but what you cannot really argue is that the demand is not just there, it's still growing and increasing. And so does the competition, not surprisingly, right? So, so that's the that's the easiest part i guess the tough part uh, is you know how do you make it work financially because uh, there's a lot of participants in here that uh, i cannot say you know with 100% certainty they're going to be here the next year and the next and the next and the following so you know it, it's tough making a business out of a small organic uh, brand uh, the Nordics is probably the region where you have the highest chance of success just because of this support and, and sometimes verging on this fanatical belief that you can make it. And I think there's also equally important uh, the demand that some people just will not go for a standard beauty product produced by these, uh, say, giants with sometimes you know questionable uh, <laughs> decisions when it comes to ingredients, sourcing, treating your suppliers and all that. So this is, this is really a... Uh, a good area to, to try those uh, things out. Do you see the trend with natural and organic beauty uh, to, to continue to grow? Will that continue, that trend? Uh, I, I would say yes. Uh, one of the things we always think whenever you see a trend and you can draw a graph uh, and it's a line and it's uh, growing like for five years straight, uh, I think as a researcher or any reasonable being, you just think, okay, can this go on indefinitely? And the obvious answer is no. Uh, but uh, the, another question you can ask yourself is, okay, is this the ceiling? Like, have we reached like peak organic? That would be like one of the questions, I guess. My my answer would be no, like definitely not. 
just because of the supply for a long uh, for, for, for many years now even just this single uh, simple thing as uh, availability would be a problem uh, we can still see from the data that we collect when we do consumer surveys uh, a lot of people say you know I'd love to buy it it's just I, I cannot find those products so one of the obvious solutions to that is just internet right you it's not like <laughs> it's uh, it's all solved in there you have to build brand you you need to you know make yourself uh, you know work on the awareness and availability all that but it, it's one of the solutions but if your answer is like can it grow can it continue growing my my, my answer is definitely yes for at least a few more years uh, we have not reached peak organic yet I'm sure of that have you also analyzed why the reason behind the growth is it more uh, aware and knowledgeable and and consumer or I think it you it's impossible to really narrow it down to just one factor uh, that much is, is, is clear uh, I think some of that is based on values those like fundamental values in terms of you know we know that people are and especially the younger generation uh, if they are all so concerned about the uh, climate crisis or whatever name you want to put on it uh, it just follows that you know the products you consume on daily basis have to somehow reflect that and uh, one of the ways and you can just very easily come up with the stuff that just cannot continue and what cannot continue is you buy something that you know is the damaging forests like in another uh, area of the globe somewhere in Asia when you know deforestation happens and whatnot then it's just being shipped in here across the globe using a lot of uh, transporting a lot of water which just makes zero sense when you think of it uh, it's being sold in a package that you're gonna use once and uh, put in the plastic that you're gonna carry for 10 minutes from the shop to your home and then it's uh, it's in the landfill for for many centuries uh, on so you just think like okay this is just there's no way we're gonna keep doing it that way uh, and then based on, the, on those questions and the problems uh, come the the answers to it so all the companies in here they are trying to find out I think the the answer to it you know one decision at a time there's gonna be some you know trials and errors means quite a lot of errors so again uh, we are we're getting there gradually but I think uh, the the movement uh, the, is like irreversible I, I just cannot imagine one day uh, people waking up saying you know I, that was fun like let's go back to the old ways like no and uh, also what uh, what gives me confidence in these findings is that just now we are in a uh, stagnation slash recession in, in, in the eurozone and, and Sweden is also not doing great and we see that this does not stop uh, consumers from does not scare them away like I cannot afford this anymore so that gives me hope and uncertainty that this is gonna just continue yep. Do you have any other takeaways from uh, your session to share? Well, I think uh, what's what's really hard to put into numbers and, and, and quantify somehow, but uh, this uh, digitization, uh, I think we've been hearing about it for so long that we kind of got tired of it or desensitized. And, and again, it's, it's hard to uh, point to something like very, very specific. But uh, one of the car, uh, companies that I covered very briefly today was this Audity Tech, a tech company uh, in the beauty industry. And uh, I, I'm sure like a lot of Beauty companies would not even think about it uh, of that company as their direct competitor. But we're talking about a company with just two brands, uh, skyrocketing sales, and, and the way they do business is just vastly different from what uh, the way it was done even 10 years ago. So we're talking, you know, uh, tracking uh, what people um, 
tracking things that trend on social media, identifying consumer profiles and, and identifying their needs, coming up with products, coming up with different customizable products, uh, completely different distribution mode, not using any kind of influencers, but just going directly to consumers. So they just sell it, it, it directly to you. So it's it's they just rethought the, the whole approach. And uh, again, it's, it's a young company, so there's no way of knowing, but at least for now, those... Uh, a few years or months even, uh, it seems to be working like this is a, a just a juggernaut in the beauty industry. So this digitization, broadly speaking, uh, it's gonna continue. Uh, just as with the sustainability, I just don't, I think that process is also irreversible, so. And for you at uh, Euromonitor, what do you have coming? Well, uh, we are actually developing a lot of products and uh, one of the hot areas uh, for reasons I don't need to explain is uh, uh, the rise of e-commerce. So we've, we've been developing uh, that product for quite some months now. Uh, we had some early signs of, of great promise and great success. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, to the success of that one. Uh, besides that, there's always, uh, you know, the tried and true approach so that's uh, you know syndicated products that are just made by uh, people focusing on the industries and, and following those industries years after years after years and we also have the consulting department which is uh, you know when everything else fails and you feel like you have a unique problem that absolutely needs you know uh, people working directly on your problem uh, with you know dedicated to the problem and solution that is just tailored for you uh, we have the expertise and, and, and the network to, to do that as well so we are we are very capable All right, that was Povela Sogintas from Euromonitor International, interviewed by Johan Magnusson at the Natural Beauty Show in Malmö. All right, Johan, let's wrap it up. Uh, just a few notes to say that we are already planning the schedule for for the 2024 spring-summer editions of Beauty Innovation Talks. We're already underway with the Transformation Conference and a, a series of offshoots, which we call Transformation Talks kind of smaller events where we invite people from the industry to to network. Um, there might be pop-ups at Copenhagen. There might be pop-ups uh, at the events at Stockholm Fashion District. I'm just teasing that, but we'll get back to that. And, and just a note to say to our listeners, uh, if you are working in an organization that would like to collaborate with us on some of these events, if you have an interesting topic that you think fits our repertoire, do reach out and we'll be happy to collaborate with you, uh, whether it's in the beauty industry or the fashion tech space. That would be uh, lovely as we are planning our schedule. All right, you won. Uh, week and a half until uh, Virtual Creativity Live. Uh, any parting words from you this uh, weekend? It will be great to meet uh, Gustav again um, at the event. He's such an inspiring uh, character, uh, quite down to earth, but uh, so smart and uh, yeah, clever and uh, so far ahead of the rest of his industry. The design industry is not that well known for being so innovative, but uh, Gustav is uh, a great example of the opposite. Uh, it's yeah. one of my favorite interviews uh, this year that I made with him during Stockholm Furniture Fair last winter. Stay tuned for that. Uh, please follow and subscribe to our newsletters. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter for our major one. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash beauty innovation for our beauty innovation insights newsletter. Not to miss out on any of our upcoming talks and events and content coming out of 
this inspiring organization. Yuan, thank you so much for sharing your insights and reporting today. Thank you. Have a great weekend.